And welcome back to another episode of Blossom Down. I'm your host, Stephen Weed, of course, always joining me in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mr. Walter Lukashensky. Before I toss it to him, we want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by TabEase.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market, T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure to use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. Outside of, obviously, it's the offseason of football. Had about five or six game sevens between NBA and NHL over this past weekend. Wally, one of those was your Pittsburgh Penguins taking a devastating loss. How are you? Okay, I'm sorry. You're going to – I know if you guys don't like hockey, fast forward three or four minutes. I'm sorry. I've, I'm, I'm livid, genuinely livid. So just to give you some background, if you have not been watching – the Penguins. They led, they led twice in that game. Well, they led by two goals in game five and six. They led by one in, in game seven. First team in NHL history to lead in three straight potential elimination games and lose all three. And, you know, that's a really bad way to start because it sounds like I'm mad at the Penguins when I'm not at all. I have never been more disgusted with the league. I've never been more disgusted with a team. The Penguins were so much better than the Rangers in that series. Sidney Crosby, one of the best players in the history of the NHL, takes a elbow to the head. Truba doesn't get suspended. He's out game five. Fine. All right. Then the Penguins, AHL goalie, Louis Domingue, God bless him. Good for him. You know, it was a good story. He's not an NHL goalie. And he couldn't save a beach ball if you told him where it was coming from in the last few games of the series. That goal in game six that he allowed was the worst playoff goal I've ever seen in my life. And then you go to seven. Finally, you, you, you get Crosby back. You get Ricard Raquel back. You get Tristan Jari back. And you have this bullshit rule in hockey now because everything – I get it. You want to keep these guys safe. That's fine. They played without helmets in hockey for 100 years and no problem. Now you have guys – pulling guys to the ground, ripping their helmets off. And the guy that gets his helmet ripped off has to go to the bench. He's got to go. It turns into a mini power play. The Rangers score when they're down by one with less than six minutes to go. It's total bullshit. The Rangers fans are out here acting like they didn't beat a freaking AHL team. I'm, I'm literally livid in the league. Such a joke. Best sport, worst league. I say it all the time. I fucking hate it. I'm tired of it. And the Rangers you're from Carolina. I've never rooted for another team like they're my own before. And I tell you what, storm surge on. I can't wait to see them get speed back. Warning. Speed. Yeah. It's storm warning. All you want. Big warning. Bunch of jerks. The Caniacs. We're coming, baby. We're coming. With Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. Well, good. No, honest to God. And then this. Good. Well, you have that. God, I'm just. Igor Sirkin, if I could ever say it, you have been, we've been getting told all year that he's the best goalie in the league. He's the new thing. He gets just pummeled by the Penguins, gives up seven several times. Yeah, good for him. I guess he held us to three in game seven. They're a joke. I'm tired of them. They talk like they, they're this like pristine franchise. Yeah, they're original six. They haven't won a championship but one in 82 fucking years. It took Mark Messier, one of the best players ever, to give a guarantee before game seven to get it done. I'm tired of it. I'm sorry that we got into that. All I'll say to end it is 
thank God there was a lunar eclipse going on afterwards because I'm already just shit-faced, just pissed drunk. And I go outside in my freaking boxer briefs and I sit down on the, the literal sidewalk staring up at the damn moon for about an hour. I am not over it. I'm pretty sure you can tell by now I'm not over it. It's the most upset I've been. And the thing that made just... Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, and Evgeny Malkin are three of the best Penguins ever. This is very likely the end of them being together. Very good chance Latang or Malkin or both are gone next year. And that's a fucking joke. And that's a shame. And it's on the league. It's completely on the league. And I'm sick of it. Terrible. We didn't really plan on starting out like this. But, you know, when any of us are down, we like to add salt to the wound and just kind of get the show started off on a, an extremely hot note. And that's, and that's what we did here. So, Wally, time heals all wounds allegedly right you know you're still having nightmares yeah Yeah. fuck it i i I don't care at least there's a battle of alberta if you care about hockey at all calgary and edmonton they haven't played in the playoffs since 1991 arguably the best rivalry in hockey must watch i'm done talking hockey now steven changing subjects frank gore got a ko over the weekend tell me you saw that i did a little bit i wasn't i wasn't really getting into it too much i was investing a lot of the game sevens where I kind of just saw the clips on there, but man, nice little right hook and then just walks away like it's like it's nothing. And it's nice because how many times have we seen these celebrities or athletes kind of do the crossover to this boxing and then they kind of get their shit wrecked. So it's nice to see Frank Gore just still dominating, even though it's not in football. Yeah, and I mean, I know he lost to one of the Paul brothers in an exhibition bout. He was a lot less trained before that. He looks good. I mean, shape-wise, dude, he threw that uppercut. Dude went to sleep so fast. He folded like a lawn chair. And good for Frank Gore. I'm glad to see he's still doing well. I know he really didn't want to leave football when he did, but good for him. He's still out there competing. Don't think he's technically retired. I think he's still floating around and hasn't officially retired. So, I don't know. Bring him in to be a bruiser. Maybe (laughs) he's that guy to throw some punches to get get the mojo. You know, kind of like we're on the topic of hockey. You always have that goon player that comes out to fight someone to fire up the team. Come on. You got to get Frank Gore somewhere. I'd love it. I mean, hey, he's at the point now where I know he'll never probably make it into the NFL because no. it, it, or into the NFL, to the Hall of Fame, because you, you don't want to just put a guy in because of his longevity. Uh, because, I mean, he was never really elite. He was always very good. Do you agree with he that? Was, he was so he was ex, he was consistent. He was the father time and extended his shelf life for damn near a decade more than what normal running backs usually do. And yeah, well, he was third all time, and I get it. That's a that's a longevity award. At the same time, you got to kind of give the props for where it's due, and not a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, well, he's behind Emmett Smith, and I can't remember who the hell who the hell else he's behind. I mean, you get to see guy. I mean, Gail Sayers is in the Hall of Fame. I think he has less than 5,000 rushing yards. So that's that weird, you have to almost balance it. Do you put in Frank Gore because he stayed around forever, stayed healthy forever? Or do you kind of keep it kind of exclusive? Like I always say, you don't want to oversaturate it. I mean, I would, I would, if it was up to me, I'd put everybody in. That's why I'm happy I'm not a voter because I'd feel bad and be like, oh, you tried really good. You let let everybody in? Basically, if you're on the ballot, I'm like, come on in. You you, you were good. Come on. The Hall of Very Good. Wally's that guy that he'd meet you once and he's like, how can I vote against him? 
Exactly. We went to Olive Garden and had a great time. Yeah, like, do you have the guys where they're like, this is my last year on the ballot? I'd hear that and be like teary-eyed and be like, let's get exactly. this fucker in. We got to get this guy in there. Who is it? I don't know. I just met him. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> hey, yeah, before I forget, bad. we didn't put this on the rundown. I feel like an idiot for not because it was kind of beaten into the ground over the last two weeks. Do you have any uh, opinion on Tom Brady, his post-career Fox deal that's beyond Tony Romo money? He's going to be making more than he does as a player. I'm assuming not anyone's not everyone's living under a rock. If you are, Tom Brady's already set up for a 10-year, $375 million deal with Fox once he does retire to hop up in the booth, do games, do whatever else that Tom Brady does. So, A, I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be we've, – we've seen so much personality out of him since he's left New England and gone to Tampa Bay. So I think he's going to be fun. Now, I think that's awesome for him. For you guys that don't know – that is more than his career earnings over the last 21 years, 22 years in the NFL. Nice I think I want to say it's around three. Life. Yeah, it's like 310, 325. Yeah, right? So I think he's always going to have just that chip on his shoulder. It's like, you yeah, haven't worked in like five years and still make way more money than me. This is bullshit. And then he'll eventually get that. But that dude just can't stay away from football. He can't even sniff staying away from football. I love it. I think he's going to be great. Um, I wonder if it's going to be after this year, but we'll see. I think I think anytime you can add someone of that caliber in there, I mean, he's going to be the best player ever to be on a, on a broadcast team. If I you're fucked. If there was ever any doubt about Tom Brady, there's some people that don't believe he's going to do well in this, or at least have doubts because you know Drew Brees is about as entertaining as watching paint dry. Terrible, and thankfully, it sounds like he's done with NBC. Which, in a weird way, it would have been cool to see Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning all competing yet again. But for ratings, yep. that would have been interesting. But he's going to be great at it. He's People that want to say that Tom Brady is boring have clearly not been paying attention to what has happened to him since he got to Tampa Bay. The guy has got a ton of charisma. He's fun. He's funny. He can laugh at himself. He's going to be great on the broadcast. If Peyton Manning, it's going to be a very similar field where he's going to break down the game. He's going to be able to laugh at himself. If there's anybody yeah. that should tell you what a quarterback should be doing, it's Tom it's Brady. Him. Yeah, and you know what? I think he's going to put Tony Romo to shame too. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be way better in being able to predict it and kind of read the defense pre-snap there on the broadcast. And I like it a lot. Now, to kind of – let's take a couple steps back. I will not – this is the first time and only time I'll say this. I will not put Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in the same sentence in that. Peyton Manning is astronomically better. And I think he is going to be better for a long time when it's coming to the broadcast and doing stuff like that. He's just – he just has a way better personality. He's just a little bit more funny. Tom Brady's just kind of like that cringy dad, which we all like. We all get that. He's really cheesy. He's got a TikTok now of him riding around on a bike, admitting to the tuck rule, all that cheesy shit. But I, why would you not? And especially for a sport that really seems to never stop growing in its viewership and only growing in popularity year by year, that is one way to get people just to watch. Oh, Tom Brady's on there? Sweet. I'd love to see what that person has to say. I would love to sit there and indirectly pick his brain about these plays or having it broke down. It's going to be awesome. And those people that maybe they're on the verge of, eh, Tom Brady's gone. I don't really want to watch football. Oh, he's going to be broadcasting this game. Okay. Now we get a different side of him. We get to kind of hear him talk and 
he's going to be more or less of the guy I want to get a beer with instead of the guy you want to hate that beats everybody every Sunday. Yeah, he will. And I just, I think he's going to be exceptional. I really do think it's going to be a lot closer than you think. You don't just, with people as competitive as Tom Brady, the Michael Jordans of the world, those guys don't just stop. Look at what Michael Jordan has done. He now owns an NBA team. He owns a NASCAR team. He doesn't stop wanting to compete. That doesn't change when these guys retire. He's going to take this as a competition, and I think he's going to be an exceptional hire. You don't throw $300 million at a guy unless you know he's done well. I'm sure that he did, whether it be mock game, uh, you know, calling games in, in the last year or so. But Fox did their homework. This isn't a mistake. He's going to do well, and I think he's going to be a must-watch. No so one's going to be so happier than his kid, though. Well, we're gonna so we're <laughs> so we're gonna pay this guy to sit there, travel each week, watch film, interview players, and know the background. That kind of sounds familiar of what his job currently is right now. Of course, <laughs> he's gonna love that. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a new high for for him, and I'm sure he's gonna get a lot of. I don't even know what that would qualify. It wouldn't be daytime Emmys, whatever it be. I'm sure he's going to get qualified for a lot of awards to be nominated for that. And he'll catch a new high doing that. And hopefully he'll get another seven, eight or nine of those uh, over his, I'm assuming longer tenure career than what the contract is right now. Biggest story this last week though, the NFL schedule release. And let's start with that. First of all, Steven, because I've been kind of yelling to anybody that would listen in the last week. We have got, to settle down with the NFL because we turn everything into a spectacle now. Just yes. give me the damn schedule. I don't need a three-hour show treating it like it's the March Madness bracket reveal. They don't even do that. That's what sucks. I threw on NFL Network, and I enjoyed it because Matt Stafford's on there. It's I, I've always enjoyed Matt Stafford. He's, he's a very cool dude. And it's just they the first 20 minutes was the Rams. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'll just go fucking look it up on Instagram. It already dropped. What am I doing here? Right. And to your point, you're, we're making it this huge, big deal of the, of the schedule release when all these games are getting leaked days and hours prior to it. And they're pretty accurate too. And it just, it takes away from the, from the aroma. And I wish that it was just, Hey, 4 PM Eastern, like every other fucking deadline in the NFL, 4 PM Eastern, the schedule will be released. Here it is. Instead of making this huge thing, having games leaked, like we already knew what the, we already had ideas of what the opening game was going to be. Now that ended up not being true, <laughs> but still not, but most of the games that were getting leaked were accurate. And it's like, well, that now this just kind of takes away from it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you already know who the teams are going to be playing. We know the opponents for months. Yeah, it's only the dates. Game. That's it. So I, I get annoyed with that. That said, you still enjoy it. It's still football-ish, so we enjoy watching it. What was, I guess, what stood out to you? We'll get into questions, whether it be like the games that we most are excited for, but is there anything that stood out in particular? Obviously, I think it's a great, I think it's a great uh, opening night game. What was it? We got the, I want to say the Bills and the Rams. I should know this. Is, it uh, is the Bills and the Rams. Yeah, I like that. Uh, what I've noticed was a, the Thursday night games are a little bit better. Right, yeah. you're not going to have Jacksonville, New York there basically half the time. You have some very, very hard division games. I know the first Thursday night game that they have is the Chiefs and the and the uh, Chargers playing. That's going to get viewership on top of the Amazon, the Amazon taking over Thursday night and adding their own broadcast team there. 
that's going to excel even better. As long as you keep pumping them with good games, I like it. Monday night, the Monday night games are looking good. How about that first one? How about the opening Monday night game of the year? Russell Wilson has ugly. to go back to Seattle. I don't know what to think about it. I like it. I don't know if are we really putting this on Monday night, but I get it is week one when the Seahawks have the best opportunity to beat Russell Wilson. Week two and beyond, you're basically screwed. But week one's going to be your best bet. I'm very curious about what that offense is going to look like. I still think that Russell Wilson is just going to torture his former team. I've been hearing a lot of way too early picks for this game. Seattle's a four-point underdog right now, I believe, and a lot of people are leaning on the Seattle side. Excuse me? Absolutely not. I think Russ is just going to want to take it to the Seattle Seahawks. I think he's going to get his team fired up to play and be like, you know what? This is what you're missing out on. This is what you could have had if you had a competent coach to run an offense. And I think that they're just going to slack them. And no better way to start than on national television week one on Monday night. Do you remember when LeBron left Cleveland the first time? When he went to Miami and they came back to Cleveland for the first game, that venue was almost ho- – it was hostile. It, it was yeah. borderline violent. That's how angry the crowd was. It's not going to be at that level. But I do think that people are going to be surprised that Seattle – I don't think they're going to give them the reception that I think a lot of people expect them to. And who's to say? Because you know that team – They feel slighted as well. He didn't just leave the city. He didn't just leave the organization. He said, these guys around me are not good enough to win. I need out because I want to win Super Bowls. It's not going to happen in Seattle. Not only is that a slight to Pete Carroll, it's a slight to every single guy in that locker room. The Broncos are a a significantly better team than the Seahawks. But for one game... When the emotions are as high as they are, I think that's going to be a really fun Monday night opener. I'm sure you guys remember our week one was absolutely brutal last year when we were making our picks. So if that's going to be the best time for them to give it to Russ, Seattle taking the win. I think it's going to be like 60-40 uh, in favor of cheers to booze. Now, there is going to be some booze, but this Cleveland, the Cleveland fan base, is drastically different Agreed. than the Seattle fan base. They're a, they're a little bit more mellowed out there up there in Washington. So I think that they're going to be okay. And Russ brought a championship there. He had gone to a couple Super Bowls with them there, and he stuck it out there for, for a decade. I get that. And he made their – he is their best quarterback in franchise history, hands down. Without and question. he was the heart and soul of that team for so long. So, yeah, I, there's people that are going to be pissed off. But the real NFL, NFL, the real NFL <laughs> fans like ourselves are gonna, you know, you're gonna cheer them on, right? You can almost pose the question to me: Am I gonna boo and flip off Devontae whenever that matchup's gonna be? Absolutely not. He did say he did not. I do not want to play there, right? Almost indicating, you know, maybe kind of what you were saying: I, It's not good enough here. I'm not gonna win stuff. I'm not gonna win a Super Bowl. Aaron's on the way out. Whatever it may be. No. True football fans know it's like, hey, that's the best move for that player. And if you actually love him, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you can get Devontae a Super Bowl in in Oakland or in Las Vegas. Those types of people come back and want to retire from their first team. That's how it's going to be. You guys are going to get over the Russell Wilson. 
He may not, he may not even win the Super Bowl, even sniff a championship game in the AFC. That's going to make you love him even more when he wants to come back. Time heal, heals all wounds, which we'll, we'll see if that actually stays true here from the beginning of the Penguins uh, little rampage that we had here. But you got you just got to respect him. You can't boo him. Speaking of Penguins, I love your Anaheim Mighty Ducks hat right now. People at home, if you're just listening to this, you can't see it. If you're watching on YouTube, you do. It is a slick hat, Stephen. I had to compliment that a little bit here. I'm going to spitfire. Shout, hey, shout, out to my, shout out to Mama Gail, hooking it up for Christmas. She's the best. But I'm going to spitfire here. Just a few little notes I wrote down. Anything you want to talk about? Steelers are not going to leave the Eastern time zone this season. There are 13 teams with a max of five primetime games. Detroit, ironically, is the only team without a primetime game. That is because they already have their Thanksgiving early afternoon game, so they're not required to play another Thursday night game. And then you have to bring up, too, Monday night football in week two, they're doing that double thing that we usually get for week one, but for whatever reason, they're staggering the start. We're going to have two primetime football games going on at the same time. I don't know if I love it or hate it. I love it because I got three TVs at the house. I am good. I am golden, Pony Boy. I'll be sitting there just live bet, live bet, live bet, live bet, live bet. So I'm excited. And anytime you can get more than one football game on that's outside of Sunday, I will take that. And not on Sunday. It's on the worst day of the week, Monday. That's what's going to make me live. Wings, doubleheader football. Let's fucking ride, Wally. I mentioned, though, the Steelers. They don't leave the Eastern time zone. I can't remember if this has ever happened before. If it has, ignore me. But that is so peculiar, and it really sets up nicely for the Steelers. I I know that we're not exactly thinking they're like a Super Bowl threat, but they are a team that has this culture of winning. And if they can start off hot and get a couple wins under their belt, there's no reason to think they can't be in the mix at the end of the season, whether it be for a wild card or for the AFC North. What, what do you make of that? Because that it just felt really weird. Yeah, and then I want to say that it's uh, Seattle who is traveling the most out of it when when uh, the Steelers are traveling the least amount in this NFL season. So I find that it, you know, Seattle's easily going to probably be bottom four teams and they're traveling the most. And then you have the Steelers who really, really aren't that good. I don't think that they – even with this, I don't, I don't even want to give them a chance of being in the wild card. The wild card in the AFC is going to be a gong show. The top, the top four is a gauntlet. I don't even know what the fucking bottom three are going to look like at that <laughs> point. That's going to be a straight bloodbath. So uh, I, I don't really think that it's going to favor them too much at the end of the day. Yeah, I think they're going to they're going to be above 500 because that's just what Mike Tomlin does. I don't think nine and eight is going to get you in a wild card spot at you know at the least and i don't see them being a double digit win team right now even even not being able to travel so yeah it's good for them saves them a lot of gas money i'm very proud gas is outrageous right now i don't know if you guys know that so good for pittsburgh being able to kind of stray away from that but i wouldn't look really too much into that to be honest with you wally four dollars and 69 cents today in pittsburgh it is oh yeah yeah it's not very nice is what it is I'm tired. That's another conversation. It takes $20 to fill it up. Not anymore. It feels like I'm just pouring everything, my heart and soul into that damn, the what tank before we get into, I deserve that. I deserve that. That's fine. 
before we get into NFL primetime games real quick, there's one other thing I wanted to bring up, and it's the fact that the NFL is really declaring war on the NBA this year. Christmas Day is on a Sunday. So instead of getting the traditional three or four NBA games in their standalone, you're going to have the NFL competing. And I'm going to read these games. Tell me if you notice anything, Steven. The one o'clock game, Green Bay versus the Miami Dolphins. Four o'clock, Denver versus the LA Rams. And then the primetime night game, the Tampa Bay Bucks going to Arizona. Do you notice anything fun about these six teams I just said? Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with we're not going to be able to see their breaths while they're breathing because they're no. in fucking warm climates. <laughs> I love it. But here, you're a basketball fan. The Green Bay Packers. What do you think people in Wisconsin would rather watch? The Milwaukee Bucks or the Packers? The Packers. Packers. The Miami Dolphins who have expectations or the Miami Heat? The Miami now, Dolphins. One, no, that one's going to be tricky. They're, hey, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. If they win it, maybe they'll flip Football half and half. Is king. No. Football king. is king. It's king. But the Denver, the Nuggets, the Rams, the Lakers, the Bucks. Uh, okay, we're still – it's still in the area of Miami. We'll give them that. And in Arizona, there's the Suns. This felt like a deliberate shot at the NBA because what does the NBA do now? You can't schedule those teams at least at the same times. Oh, they'll find a way, right? <laughs> and, and they, they're, it's always like a 3.30 game, so they'll catch. It's like the tail end of one football game right before the beginning of the 4.30 um, NFL game. And then, yeah, it's just going to be a clusterfuck. Again, love that I have multiple TVs. I will be in heaven on Christmas Day outside of stuffing my face and opening presents that I hopefully get everything that, I'm, that I wish for from, from little Santa. <laughs> but, Juan, let me throw this out to you. I know we love our families. That'd be awesome to just go down to Miami, Green Bay, Miami, Christmas Day, strippers in the parking lot, little mistletoe nipple tassels going everywhere. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there right now. Just a seven-month little seed being planted. See, I love the seed. And it's ironic because I also hey, was going to throw – Yeah, you, you, you heard that right. All right, that that's unfortunate. But – I also got my own for you because guess what happens the night before on Christmas Eve? The Las Vegas Raiders are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for the nightcap. So that's another idea out there where I'm going to make sure. Are you actually going to go instead of being a little bitch boy like you were last year? I was a bitch last year. It was last year. They were also here, but I couldn't get anybody to go. So I'm like, I'm not going by myself. This you year, know what, you know what, I would have went with you and rocked that Raider black. And you know I'm going to this year if you want it with my freshly purchased Devontae uh, Adams jersey that hopefully you're getting me for Christmas. You're Santa Claus. That's actually a great – I will – if we do that, you'll have it for that day. That's going to happen. I will be there on Christmas Eve. That is a, a like, 100% I will be in attendance. The only way it isn't is if the Raiders completely implode – during the regular season, and it hurts too much. Like if they, I don't know if they're four and ten at that point, and I want to die. Maybe I don't subject myself but why to that. Not? No, you just got to go because you never get to see your team that often, man. Just I know, but here's the unfortunate. But what if they got the five and ten because of playing Pittsburgh? Wouldn't you want to see that? I'm zero six. To all your Steelers friends. I'm zero six in person, Stephen. I don't win when the Raiders are in town. 
They don't have well, the averages. You got it. Did, wait, did they win last year? I wasn't there. Remember? But did they win? Yeah. If I went, they would have lost. Okay. Yeah, you might be onto something here. <laughs> you, you might be onto something. Last thing on schedules. Give me one game that you're really looking forward to, and then we'll start getting into some other fun stuff here. I can't. I I I can't give you one game. I'll give you one division. Every single AFC West matchup. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it all year. Every single one of those, they are going to be an absolute battle, war, war-torn area on every single one of those. And it starts off with that Thursday night game, Kansas City. I want to say it's Chargers at Arrowhead, and they're in Kansas City. I believe, and, and then the Raiders are even in KC, too. What's that? And then the Raiders go to KC, too, for a night game. It's just like – Arrowhead's going to be the place to be this year. Yeah, hopefully it's the place that they can, that the Chiefs are going to kind of just take another step back here a little bit. Please. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They don't remember that Tyree Kill guy. They don't have him. They just have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. If that uh, that really kind of floats your boat. Oh gosh, he's going to be having so much fun TikToking with Jackson Mahomes. It's going to be a great time. That too. That was the a match made just, in hell. Just the left and right. Just stand right here. I'll just get left and right, both at the same time, like I'm doing a bench press and just, God, I can't think of any more. Like, I'm just watching the Juju Smith shooter in that football house. He He's essentially like a 27-year-old TikTok, TikTok star living in a football house full of, I, I don't even know who these people are, just doing what 14-year-old boys do. I just, I find it really weird. I don't care if it's a trend. You're a grown-ass man. You should not be doing that. Well, and then, That's of course, Patrick Mahomes' wife is the final boss. If you're going to be worried about taking those two out, you got her right behind you to worry about as well. Oh, God. she, Brittany, uh-uh. She ain't it. Let's keep the wide receiver train kind of going here a little bit because we, we did have a free agent signing here. Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry has finally found a home back in New Orleans where he signs with the Saints for a one-year $3 million deal. It can be up worth the $6 million with incentives but man i felt like when we talked about it last you know last week the the post-draft episode we just loved how many people got to go home to their hometown teams we've now seen tyron matthew and jarvis landry get to go right back to baton rouge where they played their college ball and not get to play for the saints i think it's awesome and all of a sudden if michael thomas is at least 80 percent of what he was that is a good receiving core as long as james what uh james Winston doesn't turn the ball over. Should they be a threat? With they're the addition th- of Jarvis, they're a threat to make the playoffs. Uh, they're, they're a threat, a threat to, to the Bucks. Yeah, they might even sweep the Bucks because apparently Tom Brady and the Bucks just can't beat New Orleans. Yeah. But I don't think they're a threat to win the South. I, I mean, first of all, big shout out to our former guest David Clavin. He drilled this on the head in the interview last month, saying that he thought that Jarvis over basically overvalued himself thought that he was worth more than he was it sounds like the browns were offering veteran minimums and that wasn't going to get it done and look i mean this guy outside of that what ridiculous year where he had something like 110 odd catches and he only had basically 1100 yards he really hasn't done a whole lot to merit the contract he wanted he's a good second or third option but he's not going to be the guy that he thinks he is and Michael Thomas is going to have to be if New Orleans is going to make it out. And to be honest, I don't know if 
I think they're going to disappoint. I don't think New Orleans is anything more than a seven or an eight win team. I don't think that's disappointing for them, though. I think that's exactly where they're expected to be. I think it'd be more disappointing if they're like five and 12, four God, and 13. But they put ever so be, much but... money in. Yeah, maybe Drew Brees is coming back for him, too. Maybe, maybe they don't have to worry God. about it. Then you're right. Maybe five wins is the expectation if Drew Brees is coming back. Oh, man. that oh, That's kind of shady. I don't know if I like that. Now, with the free agent talk, um, James Bradbury, cornerback uh, that's kind of bounced around, started his career with the Carolina Panthers, just Future got cut Raider. by the New York. Yeah, is that what you think? Just got cut by the New York Giants. So he's easily, he's got to be the most talented free agent on the market right now. And he's in the middle of his prime, technically. I don't understand why this dude is floating around or why New York didn't want to pay him what he did. I know what the cornerbacks are getting paid. We'll go over that here shortly. But now we're kind of on this nice laundry list of very talented players still floating around in free agency. What, were you, what did you think about the Giants cutting uh, Bradbury over this last week? This was Gettleman's final gift to New York. And for, you know what, I, did, shouldn't, I should have said this at the top of the show when I was pissed off about the Penguins. If oh you don't think do. I'm going to hold this against the Jets and Giants for this next year, you think way too highly of me because I will make it a point now to root against the Giants and Jets purely because I know they're the same dumbasses, the same pieces of shit that root for the Rangers. So, no, I I'm very happy about that. Anyways, thank God for Gettleman. Thank God because he literally run that team so far into the ground that they had to cut the best cornerback on their roster so they could sign their rookie class. That is how bad he left them. And good for – that's awesome. And I'm happy about it, and I hope they remember it when the rags get speed-bagged by the Canes. I still think Dwayne Brown's my favorite free agent still available, but Bradbury is without a doubt a hidden gem that people – Nobody was going to help the Giants out. They knew that they had no leverage in this situation. It's a lot like the Baker Mayfield one. Who's going to come running to bail them out? One thing I'll say on this, since we do have the free agents out, Houston's actually had a couple decent moves. They just signed veteran Jerry Hughes. It sounds like they're in the mix for Bradbury here. So I'm kind of happy for them that they look like they're actually going in the right direction. But we really do have more big names available at this stage of free agency than we've ever seen before. Dwayne Brown, James Bradbury, Jadavion Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Akeem Hicks, Trey Flowers, J.C. Treader, Will Fuller. The list goes on and on and on. I don't know if this is something that we can expect long term, but I tell you, it's certainly fun right now. This is awesome. I'm, I'm expecting a lot of these guys to be – they're going to be signed here before the OTAs. Will Fuller is going to find a home, right? I know a lot of teams are that are in need of a wide receiver. I can think of the Colts and the Packers right off right off the cusp. J.C. Treader is a stud. He was the he was the president of the players' union, so I'm so surprised that he's kind of just floating around. Akeem Hicks, as a Packers fan, he was the ex Chicago Bear. The dude is a fucking problem at run stopping, trash talking, just a a nasty motherfucker that will come up and disrupt any play rush or pass. I'm so surprised he's gone or he's still floating around. And I'm really surprised about Melvin Ingram. I understand why he was kind of lackluster when he had signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers ends up getting traded to the Kansas city chiefs here mid year. And he completely, he was a really, really big part of what made that defense kind of click and 
flip a page and be completely different than what they were at the bottom of the league in the first in the first half of the year. So I'm surprised that maybe Kansas City could have kept them on for a little bit cheaper on a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal with a with that second year being an option. It doesn't make any sense. And Jadavion Clowney, I understand that his values dropped a lot. That year, that year he had with the Titans was despicable. Yes, he had a decent, he had a better year with the Browns, but he just couldn't. It was literally impossible to have a worse year than he did the year before in Tennessee. So of course he's going to have a better year. I'm just surprised that Miles Garrett didn't want to get paired back up with him. I don't know. I I think a lot of them, most of these guys are going to get signed. I could see Melvin Ingram kind of just fading away here. Uh, Dwayne Brown check, Bradbury check, Clowney's going to get picked up. Maybe Akeem Hicks starts floating around there for another year. Trey Flowers is going to get picked up. Uh, and Will Fuller, I think Will Fuller won't until someone gets hurt, and then he'll get picked up. Well, he's just – you you know that he's going to miss. So, like, he's a guarantee miss yeah, half the year. Kind of getting hurt. It, yeah, so Will Fuller, we'll see. I mean, he's got so much talent. I feel like somebody will give him a chance, like you said, whether it be – after injuries or even before once you get closer to camp and realize what your offense looks like but clown it does sound like the browns are trying to work out or, or work out a deal with him right now he's a guy that his entire career he's shown those flashes he is a physical specimen it just doesn't really click on the field all the time and that's disappointing but going beyond the free agents for a second we saw your boy jair alexander sign an extension and i know you're excited about it Four years, $84 million, the Christian Kirk special. I'm throwing over to you. You have to be fired up about this, right? Oh, I am jazzed. Like, this is one of those signings that kind of softens the blow of losing Devontae Adams because I knew once he was gone, it's like, okay, now we can sign. Now we can re-sign Razul Douglas. Get a Devontae Campbell deal, which they already had. Uh, but for sign Razul Douglas, get Jari Alexander, start locking down some of these blossoming defensive pieces or that can help us on that side of the ball. And all of a sudden we got who I think is the second best cornerback behind Jalen Ramsey in the NFL. You can battle maybe top three behind Denzel Ward, who just got paid, but I love the deal. He's only going to be worth $1.1 million this year because he's still on his fifth year, uh, the fifth year option. So technically this is a four year extension. The year after that, he makes around 31 mil. And then the rest is going to be dispersed without those last three years. And what we've been talking about a lot is this deal is going to look uh, it already looks awesome compared to the Denzel Ward deal. It's going to look amazing here in two in about two, a year and a half, two years when all the other cornerbacks are getting about 22, 23, 24, pushing a little bit closer to that 30 mark. Like the wide receivers are great steal, Great player had a horrible injury last year that he missed basically the whole year outside of, I want to say three games, a San Francisco game in the first two games of the season. Love having him. And I can't wait. And for you, for those of you that do not know him, keep an eye on this dude. He is an absolute stud and is a problem and the definition of a lockdown cornerback. Last two seasons, he's played 20 games. He was banged up last year. He has allowed more than 50 receiving yards three times. Three times. And never in those 20 games did he allow more than 76 yards. You said it, lockdown corner, home run for the Packers. I know that a lot of people are disappointed, yourself included. They didn't do more to address the wide receiver room. But if you're going to not do that, you better make sure the defense is going to be up for the task. And they've done that this offseason. The defense is going to be very, very good. 
and I haven't been able to address this here since after the draft. So, so I want to about my Green Bay Packers. Awesome draft. I thought that they did really well. The first two rounds, I think they fucked up. Yes, our defense is apparently Green Bay is going to have an elite defense. Let's fucking pump the brakes. These guys, that half those guys, they even fucking played a snap in the league. I like the talent that they had. But to a lot of people that were just like, what's this guy talking about? Don't fire Gutenkoos. This guy's doing great. Don't fucking tell me he's doing great when we got not even the best linebacker per Wally, not even the best linebacker on his college team getting drafted. Yeah, I like the DM that we got. Cool. I'm cool with that. But then don't trade both your second-round picks to move up to basically the second pick of the second round to get a wide receiver when you could have packaged those for another guy in the first round or packaged them to get A.J. Brown. That was dumb as shit. Hindsight's going to be 20-20. I think Watson's going to be just fine. He, he's acclimated with the weather. He's big. He's strong. He's, he's got good hands. He's got the best quarterback in the league right now. So I think it's going to be well. But I wanted to address that. Overall, I'm happy about it. First two rounds, Gutenkoos really dicked, really uh, screwed the pooch on this, I should say. Not dick. That, that's no, he dicked, yeah, no, he dicked the Packers. I, I'll agree with that. I can deal with that. Okay. But, yeah, I, I got nothing else to add. I do think the Packers – this is – the only thing you can say is, did they get better this offseason? And I don't know if you can say that. Like, I don't know if they did enough to get past, like, the Tampa Bay Bucks, to get past yeah. the L.A. Rams. That's where yeah. my struggle is. It feels like he was a little too complacent. And, sorry, there, there was a goal for a second, and I, they waved it off. Never mind. But, yeah, they got too complacent, and <laughs> – Sorry, hockey's playoffs, my brain's a mess. You can hear in my voice, I'm very high energy this episode. But anything else you want to say on the Packers right now? I know that you kind of hit it all right there with the the draft recap for you. The only thing that sucks, I agree, there's no way that you can sit here and and actually believe and say, yeah, the Green Bay got better this this offseason. There's no way, unless you had had two Devontae Adams caliber wide receivers signing with you, you did not get better. Right. You lost the best wide receiver in the game. I will say this though. I think it's hard. I'm I'm kind of excited about the Packers this year and what and what the team is and what the identity is gonna be. I I would argue I would rather just not have Aaron Rodgers there right now. We're not gonna have Devontae. We're wasting another two years of Aaron Rodgers like we have done the past decade. I like the team that we have here, but you're just going to be wasting Aaron Rodgers when I think that we could be building up for another quarterback and, you know, just taking that chance. At the end of the day, Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, okay, they're going to be anywhere from 5-12 and 12 to 7-10. and 7 and 10. How is that any better than being 13-3 and three and losing in the second round or the NFC Championship game again? Do you, do you see what the final result is? Losing and not getting a Super Bowl. Why does it matter? I just think it's really dumb. Just hashtag fire goot. That, that's just, I'm still back on that train and I'm never hopping off. Our last thing of today, Antonio Brown is asking I am to so retire. Done with this dude. <laughs> I'm so fucking done with this dude. He is asking to effectively retire as a stealer. And it really got me thinking this guy should be a no question First ballot Hall of Famer, a guy that we're talking about is one of the best wide receivers of all time. And instead, because of his off-the-field issues, it makes you wonder if they're going to make him wait. And not only that, 
it makes you wonder what he left on the table. If this is how it ends for Antonio Brown, I want to read you a couple things real quick and then get your take on it. These are how his stats stack up. 12,291 yards. That's good for 24th all time. T.O., who is third, has 15,934. Had he just kept his, what, like straight and narrow, Antonio Brown very likely could have been third in receiving yards. He has 928 reception. That's good for 21st all time. Marvin Harrison, who is fifth, has 1,102. Again, two or three more seasons. He's top five in receptions. He's 24th with 83 touchdowns, and he's 17 away from basically that guarantee Hall of Fame number of 100. Everybody who has 100 receiving touchdowns has made the Hall of Fame with the exception of Antonio Gates and Larry Fitzgerald, who we know will get in. This is just such a wasted bit of talent, and it bothers me. What else can you say? But it's not not like – it's not Josh Gordon wasted. We know what he is. We know what he's done and we know what he's capable of. And then he just wastes it. That is the worst. I would rather see him like, man, Josh Gordon wasted talent, not knowing that whatever that 13 game stretch he had in Cleveland was that one year when he led the league in, in receiving, he could have done that every single year. We were literally watching Antonio Brown be the best wide receiver in the NFL for six years with the likes of, Julio Jones in there. You got to sprinkle in a little bit of that Calvin Johnson. They had some studs in the league, and Antonio Brown was just defying the odds of being that small slot receiver that you just cannot guard. Double team him, don't care. He'll cook you up. Tony Toe Tap. Booming. Toe, is that, yeah. What? Booming. Business is booming, baby. It's not. It is not. <laughs> and it's right now, absolutely not. Why would you want to bring them back? And I don't even care if it's for a day just to get him retired give him the eric dickerson treatment where he's not going to come back for another 30 years and we'll give you a one-day contract to retire yeah turn those lights on oh no oh no you're going to see the most heartbreaking wally just talk about a waste of money what are you talking about what are you talking about a waste of money get it on baby get it on baby you mean the best raiders wide receiver in the last 30 years yeah, well, not anymore. Business is booming, baby. Call God. Hey, let's just give a shout-out to Wally, though. That's about, what, three years old? My man's still fitting in it. That's what I'm talking about right there. I can't fit in anything I had two years ago. I couldn't even have anything I fit in two weeks ago. You know, the, the real shame of it all is this is only the second time I've ever put this jersey on. It's still crisp. It feels – it's got that pre-wash. You know what I'm talking about? That first time you have a jersey, that silk. Oh, it feels so comfortable, and it was freaking ruined. He just – I'm done talking about Antonio Brown. I'm done. This has got to be it forever, right? At least until five years from now when he's up to possibly get into the Hall of Fame. Right? I also agree with you on the Hall of Fame, especially with his with his trajectory of what he could have done. If, hell, if he even would have finished out the season with Tampa Bay, he'd probably be – he might have been top 15 in yards. Whew. There, there's only, there's only, there's such a small separation between that top 25 right there. It's insane. So, yeah, imagine if he just didn't lose his shit. M- imagine if he lost his, this was his first year losing his shit. He probably, he'd probably be top three and everything. Probably be top three and everything, but no. But he's not. 
with that, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media posts. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Loss of Down, and then Twitter, down underscore loss. I'm your host, Stephen Weed, my co-host, Wally Lukashensky out in Pittsburgh. What are your final thoughts here, Wally, before we head out? First final thought is I just realized I unplugged my headphones while I was putting that jersey on. I've not done that before, so depending on how this sounds editing, good luck, guys. Hope you enjoyed the last two minutes. It might have been bad. Outside it's of that. The, it's all part of the aesthetic. It, exactly. I mean, welcome to what we do here. But my final thought is uh, continuing with sports misery. The Pirates won while being no hit the other day. Sixth time in baseball history. There have been 15 unassisted triple plays. There have been 23 perfect games, but there have been only six times that teams have won while being no hit. And I know it's not technically a no hitter because the Pirates didn't bat in the bottom of the ninth. They got no hit. And it's so indicative of the Cincinnati Reds and Pittsburgh Pirates that of course, of course, it would be those two teams. So you're going to have a lot of people wondering and asking like myself. How did the how did the Pirates score that run? So in the bottom of the eighth, Hunter Green, who started the game for the Reds, he walked two of the three batters he faced. So it was first and second, and there was one out. They brought in a reliever. He also walked batter, bases loaded. Cabrian Hayes came up. He hit what looked like it might have been a double play ball. Slowest turn in, in Major League Baseball history, not in time. Once They didn't even get it, an unearned run. It was an earned run. That's the craziest part. It's just very rare. And, of course, I, I think probably 13 people saw it. But they, de- <laughs> but, they, but they declared it a fielder's choice, a third baseman's choice is what I was seeing. Yeah, fielder's choice. So, like basically what happens if you try to turn a double play and you don't get it, it's not like it's an error. You still record it an out. So it's a fielder's choice. He chose to basically take the out at second base, and that's what happened. So I was thrilled because – it's just very pirates to to get win a game and also get no hit at the same point. Baseball sucks so much. And with that, that's why we have the NFL podcast. Until next time, he is Wally. I am Steve. We are loss of down. And I, I have nothing for you. Go, hey, take warning. Bunch of jerks. Go hurricanes. Caniacs. Fuck you, New York. All year. Fuck you.